Leif Erikson was the first European explorer to set foot on and make a settlement in North America. It never remained a permanent settlement, as he went back to Greenland after the first winter, and eventually the residents of the settlements were driven off by the indigenous people of the area. However, Leif Erikson's brief settlement and exploration of parts of North America was only the tip of the iceberg for that family. His father, Erik Thorvaldsen, no relation, otherwise known as Erik the Red, was the first permanent European settler in Greenland, and his father before him, Thorvald Asvaldsen, took a journey from their ancestral home in Norway to Iceland. So what was the thing that drove this family further and further west, beyond the realms of what was previously known? Was it some sort of Viking drive to see what could be seen, to find more lands to settle, explore, and perhaps take over? Nope. This particular branch of the family continued west for one very particular reason. Avoiding murder charges. Lots and lots of murder charges. I'm Braden Thorvaldson, and this is what? Explain. We are going to start this particular story with Thorvald Asvaldsson, the grandfather of Leif Erikson. Not much is known about the man, aside from a very detailed lineage on the father's side, of which we need not go into right now. The most pertinent thing about Thorvald for this episode can be quoted directly from the Saga of the Greenlanders, one of the few surviving historical recountings of the events of that time period. There was a man called Thorvald, who was the father of Eric the Red. He and Eric left their home in Jederen in Norway because of some killings and went to Iceland, which had been extensively settled by then. Granted, this is a translation of a 13th century document of a couple hundred years of oral storytelling, so some of the power of the phrasing may have been lost, but the part that sticks out to me is the plural in killings. As in, multiples. The guy killed a lot of people, and then got exiled as a result. Thorvald ended up sailing to Iceland in 960 AD, settling on Hornstrander, Iceland's northwesternmost peninsula, with ten-year-old Eric in tow. Thorvald ended up dying approximately twenty years later, never to return to his homeland of Norway. Eric ended up flourishing in Iceland, where he married into a wealthy family, moved further southeast into Iceland, built a successful farm named Erikstadr, because if you're going to make a place, why not name it after yourself, and fathered four children, including Leif Erikson, future famed explorer. However, it was not always good tidings and successful harvests for the man known as Eric the Red. Around the year 980 AD, there was a dispute that broke out between Eric and Thorgest, one of his neighbors. Eric had allegedly lent some ornamental seat posts of significant value to Thorgest, but when Eric came to ask for them to be returned, Thorgest claimed that they were nowhere to be found. Eric, equally famous for his bad temper as his bright red hair and beard, decided that Thorgest needed to make right by this, and ended up taking something of Thorgest's as compensation. What exactly the thing that Eric took from Thorgest was is never made clear in the sagas, but it was obviously significant enough to warrant what would happen next. 
Thorgist and his family ended up giving chase after Eric, weapons in hand, and a fight broke up that ended up with Eric killing both of Thorgest's sons, and a few other men besides. After this event, both men started rapidly trying to gather supporters in order to fend off potential hostilities by the other. When it started to look like direct attacks would occur between the two forces, an Althing was called, an assembly to decide punishment and responsibility. For his part, Eric was punished with three years of exile from Iceland. At this point, Eric had two choices. He could head east, back to Norway, the land of his father, or to other known lands. Or he could head west, where tales had been told of land being seen by Gunnbjorn Ulf Krakason, a man who had been blown off course trying to get to Iceland. As you may have imagined, Eric ended up heading west. Setting sail from the western shore of Iceland, he first saw land on the east coast of what is now known as Greenland. Given that it was covered in ice at the time, Eric followed the coast around the southern tip until he found the relatively more temperate western coast. He and his crew spent the rest of his three years in exile exploring the coast of Greenland, with Eric claiming all the land for himself, of course. The problem being, while Eric and his crew could survive in the short term on their own, they would need a lot more people to create a self-sustaining settlement on this land that Eric had claimed for himself. When the three years of Eric's exile were done, he and his crew sailed back to Iceland, where he announced that they had discovered a new land and intended to settle there. Eric also invited others to come with him and help settle this new land giving them opportunities that they may not have had in Iceland. Eric named the new country Greenland, as he felt it was more an attractive name than Iceland, and would draw more people as a result. So, if you're wondering why exactly the island nation with greenery is called Iceland, and the one with all the ice is called Greenland, well, there you go. Some salesmanship from over a thousand years ago is why. The sales pitch seemed to have worked, as a group of 25 to 35 ships set sail out of Iceland in 984 AD. However, only 14 of them made it to Greenland, including the one carrying Eric the Red and his family, the rest of them either being sunk along the way or driven back to Iceland. The people within those 14 ships were the first permanent settlers of Greenland, and they concentrated around the southern peninsula with Eric the Red as their chief. As time went on, Eric's children grew into their positions as children of the chief, Leif Erikson most prominently among them. One of Leif's most enduring contributions to the settlements of Greenland was, in fact, the introduction of Christianity. Eric was quite against this, saying that a priest that Leif had brought into the village was nothing but a swindler, but his wife Thjorgold's acceptance of the faith and the construction of a church within the settlement was enough to at least quiet the generally boisterous chieftain's objections. Taking after his father, Leif was also an explorer who believed that there was land even further west from Greenland. Also, much like his father, he heard this from a man who had been blown off course many years ago, but still remembered the direction in which this land lay. Erikson got all the information he could from the man, 
a merchant named Bjarni Herjolfsson. He then purchased a ship, got his crew, and invited his father to come with him on the journey to this new land. Eric the Red initially refused, feeling that he was too old, this being close to his 50th winter after all. However, Leif was persistent, and in time, Eric relented and decided to go on the voyage. On his way to the ship to depart, Eric had fallen off his horse, and determined as he was getting up that this was a bad enough omen that he should stay in Greenland, leaving Leif to captain the voyage on his own. What exactly Leif discovered and where he landed in North America is a matter of some debate. The first place he landed was a rocky and desolate place that he called Helluland, the description of which matches both Baffin Island or Northern Labrador in Canada. That does sound like the start of a joke at the expense of those two places, but it's not, I promise. The second place he landed he called Markland, a forested area that matches parts of the southeast coast of Labrador in the descriptions. After setting out sail west again, going around the cape on the north side, Erickson landed in an area with a milder climate, warmer temperatures, and significant stocks of salmon. Given that winter was coming soon, Erickson made the decision to set up a camp there and sent out exploratory parties to see what could be found. When one of the parties reported that the land was full of grapes and grapevines, Erickson called the area Vinland and set up a settlement that was to be known as Leifsbudir. After wintering there, Erickson and his crew returned to Greenland with a cargo hold full of grapes and timbers, as well as stories of a new land. How far exactly Vinland stretched, or even how many Vinlands there were, is still debated in some circles to this day. In the early 1960s, Norwegian archaeologist Anne Stein Ingstad and her husband, explorer Helga Ingstad, identified a Norse site at the northern tip of Newfoundland, known as Lands or Meadows. The Ingstats suggested that this site was Leifsbudir, which put Norse exploration of North America a solid half-century before Columbus claimed to have, quote-unquote, discovered the New World. At the time, this was a shocking revelation that Columbus was not the first European on there, but in fact a very distant second place in the European race to North America. But nowadays... Leif Erikson's expedition is more common knowledge. Where the multiple Vinlands theory seems to gain traction is that there are some descriptions of Vinland, with later corroborating archaeological evidence that seem to match the Gulf of St. Lawrence, about 700 nautical miles away from Lands or Meadows. But given the number of settlements and descriptions in the saga of that time, both could very well have been part of the area known as Vinland or even different parts of Vinland itself, depending on the teller of the tale. Leif Erikson's wanderlust and settlements in part of North America could be considered something of a continuance of a family tradition of exploration, of searching for places yet unseen, of looking towards a horizon with nothing but an old story to guide them, and hopes that there would be something at the end of the whale road. Or... It could be the success of the one part of the family in three generations that wasn't exiled from their homeland due to a significant number of murders, outshining their comparatively more murdery forebears. You be the judge.
I'll talk to you all in a couple weeks with another fact that will make you go. What? Explain. Hi everyone, it's Brayden again, and I just wanted to thank you again for, you know, tuning in and keeping on listening to this podcast. Again, I'm really enjoying putting these out, and I hope you're enjoying listening to them. This one in particular was really interesting to me, because I just initially started out as, hey, let's tell the tale of how Leif Erikson first settled in North America. Then I did some research and found, oh, that's a lot of murders. And then this story took a tale. I mean, I love it when this comes in, and I'm enjoying doing this. So again, thank you so much. If you're really enjoying the podcast, rate us and review us wherever you found us. It's very much appreciated, and you know it helps us in the algorithms. And it's like, great, if you like this history podcast, why don't you listen to what? Explain. Fantastic. That'd be amazing. I would love that, and it would be very much appreciated. Well, thank you all so much. Have a good day.